Asbury, Methodist Village, and Montgomery County take senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal opportunity housing provider. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. Welcome into episode 177 of the Toolshed with Click and Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have finished our Dynasty and Prospect Rankings episode. Did you miss any of them? Go check those out. The last, what, eight, nine, ten episodes or so. A lot of fun going position by position, but we now move on to the next topic on our list here. And with the recent January 15th International Signing Period, we thought it'd be good to dig into some of these names here. It'd be a little bit of a quicker show, but a lot of fun names, as usual, to dig into here. And with me to break it all down is my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, bud? Not much. Uh, good week. A lot of good baseball. It feels like even though the NFL playoffs are you know, raging on, that there's more baseball hype than there's been. And I actually like the J-15 signing period because it just does feel like that you know, it's kind of the marking of like everybody's kind of coming back to baseball. So that's uh, certainly fun to see. And yeah, it's uh, been fun to kind of track these guys and put the, the J15 guys and put them in rankings and, you know, really just take our best guess on them. So it's kind of what we're doing with them as we know very little. But yeah, it's uh, been good. I'm, uh, you know, we're closer to pitchers and catchers reporting than we have been. And uh, I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, as am I. Do, do you like the this new mid-January thing more than the early July, you know, the July 2nd date? Which one do you like more? I think I like this a little better, actually, because it, you know, it's kind of all at once. It was like, you know, draft and the J2. So this kind of breaks it up a bit where it's like, yeah. okay, we get a little bit here and a little bit there, and we don't have to do as much at once. So, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of that. Yeah, me too. And I, I, It's a good time. It's a lot of the, you know, you know, FYPD drafts for leagues don't even go on till about the time of year anyway, regardless of when the state was. So yeah, I, I do like having it now. And again, it's nice little like, you know, things are ramp- ramping back up. You know, baseball is coming and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But before we get into the show, let's get the usual housekeeping out of the way here. 
You can find us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I'm at AirCross04. And our show is at Toolshed Pod. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review. Check out my Patreon for more work from me and Chris's Substack for more work from him. And before we get into the show, we want to say a quick word about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. If you sign up using the promo code Toolshed, you'll receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. And that can be used for any of their fun fantasy games. I've been doing a little bit of the player pickums as well. They got best balls, a lot of fun stuff across all the major sports and so much more. Sign up using that code Toolshed at play.underdogfantasy.com slash the letter P the dash Toolshed. All right, let's get into it here. And you kind of alluded to something that I, I wanted to bring up here is that we don't know a lot about these guys, right? Like, you know, I've stopped even talking about hit tool of these guys because it's impossible. And, you know, some people get down there to, you know, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Cuba, the Bahamas, wherever, wherever these players are from and can see them. But for the most part, it's, you know, we're watching some video that someone put on Twitter or YouTube or wherever of this, them hitting at some backfield in their home country. So we don't have a lot to go off of. Yeah, we can get some from those videos, but you know, it's not nearly as much information as we get from even like the high school guys here in the States. So one thing I wanted to look back on was just kind of like the, the hit rates with some of the top international prospects here over the last handful of years. And I'm not looking at 2022 yet just because it's still so early with those guys. But let's look back at years before that. 2021, I'm just using pipeline because that's the easiest way to quickly look year by year. Whether you agree with the rankings or not, that's irrelevant. But I'm going off their rankings just because it's the easiest to look at it in one spot, like I said. So 2021, you know, it's some of the top top names. So looking at the top 10, let's look at the top 10 here and how many of them are in my 400 right now. Yolki Cespedes, no. Wilma Diaz, no. Colmenares, yes. Armando Cruz, no. Christian Hernandez, yes. Pedro Leon, yes. Jesus Galiz, no. Ricardo Perez, no. Giddy Cape, yes. Shailen Polanco, no. So that's four. You look, and you look further on the list here. Jackson Churio was at 16. You know, Miguel Blaise was at 19. So, and that happens a lot where it's not always the big money signings you see these guys that got signed for you know 250k 50k you know all these lower signings that pop up there so and in 2019 i think is the biggest example of this i don't go you know year by year but look at 2019 and and i don't know why it's not going to 2019 um oh there we go so 2019 we had obviously jason dominguez he's worked out but the next two really three really big names were robert poisson not my 400 or Eric Pena, not my 400 Baylon Laura, not my 400 and even Luis Rodriguez and the, the uh, Dodgers, not my 400. So, and then look further down, Emmanuel Rodriguez, Adele Amador, you know, a lot of these names again, further down, even like, uh, you know, a Preciado, he actually hit a bad year. That's not a great example, but I guess what I'm trying to say in a long winded way is I don't want to say it's a crap shoot, but, it kind of is a crapshoot, Chris. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of led me to really think about, well, with with what we know, how do we go about, you know, ranking these players? And I think the interesting thing is like you always you even have to go back to 
2018 to find even some more hits on the top guys. Even then, Victor Victor Mesa was the top guy. And, <laughs> oh, jeez, uh, Victor Victor yeah, Mesa. And Yaner Cano. But you did have Diego Cartaya at three, Marco Luciano at four in that class, which kind of caught my eye a little bit. But as I just keep going back, like these are off pipelines rankings, by the way. Wander Franco was the top in 2017, and that one obviously worked out. So what what do we look for like in these players? And I think that that's important. And what I've really had to go back on is like, how do I go about evaluating them? Because just being honest, like you go and you like read these reports and there are people that go and to Dominican, to Venezuela and actually scout these players, but it's tough. I've been to the Dominican Republic before. I've been on a backfield in the Dominican Republic and seen what baseball is like there, and it's a different world. Like what they play on and how they play is totally different. And that's not to knock these guys at all. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that it's impossible to judge a player's hit tool, in my opinion, until we see them come. And play even the Dominican Summer League. Well, that, that gives us a decent idea, but even when they come stateside, we get an even better idea. So it's tough. The game changes a lot. The way the game plays is totally different. So I sit here and I'm like, okay, what are things that we know? Hit tools hard to evaluate, but what are things that are like certain? And certain things are speed. Speed does not change whether you're in the Dominican Republic or Venezuela or Cuba or in the United States of America. Speed is speed. And that's one thing that scouts can get is clock time on these players. So speed is something that we know for a fact. And yeah, obviously speed changes with time. Players bulk up, they get bigger, etc. But we can know a player's speed. Also, you can know a player's body. We can look at some of these players and you have some that are smaller, some that are bigger, and you can say, okay, and this is the case for any prospect, not just international players. But you can look and you can say, huh, there's definitely a projectable frame there. And yeah, just take like Lazaro Montes, for instance. We'll talk about last year a bit. Lazaro Montes is just a beast, like 6'3", 210, like big dude. You knew he was going to get to power, and we saw that. Like we, we saw him get to power this year already. That shouldn't surprise people. You can look at other guys and say, hmm, like – there's definitely some projection that these guys can get to. Like taking Anthony Gutierrez from last year is 6'3", 180. Like you like to see that. Yeah, Christian Vaccaro, there's still plenty of room there for him to add to a 6'3", 180 frame. Yep. Uh, Roderick Arias even, the 6'2", 180. Like these are you, – you can see the, the intangibles that, that don't change. Those factors don't change no matter where you're playing. So you look at those kind of players, and like I even look at like a Diane Jorge from last year, really tall, really lanky, really good runner. I still have faith that Diane Jorge can bounce back, and I think Diane Jorge can be a interesting buy for Dynasty because you know he we saw him in the DSL and that was kind of it. And there's some intriguing things. He hit well. He's going to add some weight and power, I think, and he's got good speed, so we can go back on that. What did what did Yasser Mercedes have last year that we could have picked up on to see this? Well, you go back and you look, and he had some speed, that good clock times, and he had a good frame. And typically, I think 
and this isn't to say that smaller players can't get to power. I mean, I know I couldn't. I was always small playing baseball, and I couldn't get to any power. I'm I'm still small, and I still couldn't get to power if I played today. But naturally, when you're bigger, you can get to more power. So that's just kind of a rant to say that look at the things that we know are certain. Speed is certain because a clock time doesn't change. Player's body, it while it changes, we can look at it and say, okay, and if some of these guys are 16, so it's like, yeah, I mean, of course their body's going to change a lot. But you can look at a Christian McCarrow and be like, yeah, that's a projectable body that like this dude could really you know, be a baseball player. So I looked at those things, and I try to kind of look past it. And, and to even an extent, like you can tell somebody's raw power just based on a batting practice session, but I don't think you can tell the hit tool. So the hit tool is something that, like you said, just should totally be wiped off the table and should not even be talked about when discussing these guys until we see them in game, in my opinion. You can watch the swing. You can try to project that a bit. But the speed is certain. The body, you can look at and see. And, and the power, you can see some at least some of it in you know, batting practice film. So all I have to say, like I've tried to really go and reevaluate everything that I think about these guys. And how do I become better at evaluating so I can hit on those guys like Yasser Mercedes and Jackson Churio and some of these players? Like, what did they have that I missed on? So I've really been trying to work on those things. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of question marks. But there are things we can look for that can try to help us project these guys. Yeah, no, very well said. And, and that's why... You know, especially the deeper the dinosaur league, the more important this becomes is that churn and burn that we talked about. You know, because depending on the, your league death, like I said, Churio was maybe not taken in some FYPDs, you know, last year. So again, you know, in some of the, the more shallow leagues, so you could have picked you could have picked him up for free, and now look what you got: top ten, maybe top five overall fantasy pros. Churn and burn definitely plays a factor in. Uh, and I don't think you can even grade the hit tool really with confidence until even until they get stateside, even like some of the, in the DSL, it can be very misleading because the quality of pitchers aren't that great down there. So yeah, there are some things you can look at, you know, especially, you know, if you, if you were to get some, some good video, you can look at some mechanics, you know, swing path, you know, a lot of that stuff to see, all right, maybe this, maybe something you could feel maybe a little more confident in, you know, player a as opposed to player B developing a decent hit tool. But yeah, you can't really tell for a bit, especially now before we even have seen them in the DSL, uh, which won't be until later later this year. DSL doesn't even kick off till mid June, but yeah, I, I echo a lot of what you said there. Something you can definitely tell: speed, athleticism, you know, raw power. You can get a, a decent sense of that, and the frame projection. Look at look at the frames. Look at all right, like some of the names you know this year. You see the shortstop is like six four, one seventy, something like that. Like, there's a lot of projection on that frame that could be a really good frame in a couple of years if he adds bulk to that. Maybe he's only a, you know, average power now, but maybe he could be plus. So kind of looking at all of those, and that's all you really have to go on is really what boils down to it. Power, speed, and projection are the three words that you can, you can look at here. So that's definitely, again, it's hard, but, you know, that's why I don't have them ranked as highly as I kind of once did. Like, my highest ranked guy is number 20 overall in FYPD for me. And uh, both Chris and I, just a quick note here, both Chris and I have our full FYPD rank. I think 125 for each, if I recall correctly, Yeah. Um, over on Chris's sub sack. Uh, Chris, what was that URL? I can't remember off the top of my head. It was 
Uh, Substack.dynastydugout.com. There you go. And for me, over my, my Patreon, patreon.com slash toolshedfantasy, we've got our top 125 rankings with some some player blurbs as well. So go check those out, and we appreciate the support greatly, as always. Uh, but, yeah, my highest one, uh, before we get into names, was at 20 overall. Who is the highest FYPD guy for you? Uh, where, does it, where, where does that player rank in your FYPD rankings? 21. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, and, and I think in the past, like, even go back to, like, you know, 2020 version of myself with this exact class. I, I probably would have had the same guy ranked eh, 12 or 13 probably, but I I've, you know, been seeing the, the miss rate on these guys and all that stuff we just mentioned that I've, you know, it's caused me to drop them a bit down and I still, you know, willing to take a you know chance on the upside, maybe in the later rounds, but a lot of these top guys, I'm probably not going to have many shares of because it's going to be always somebody in every FYPD that I'm in that probably likes them a bit more than I do and takes them a good five, ten spots higher than I'm willing to go, given all the other names that are equally as, as talented. And we have uh, more data on, more video on, and just more knowledge of. So but let, let's get into the rankings now. We've talked a lot about the – which I think was good, Scott, talking a lot about just overall valuing them and, and the process and what to look for. That, I think that was really good. But let's now – get into our rankings of these guys and kind of where they where they slot in terms of our overall FYPD rankings. Again, the number one guy, which I think is the same guy for us. Is it Felon and Celestin for you? No, it's not actually. Oh, it's not. Who so who's who's your top guy? Uh it's Brandon Maya. Oh, I like him too. Top. Yeah. So it's I have Celston at 23, so in the FYPD. So they're one, two I ultimately couldn't decide. It's both were tough, but I just kind of landed on the fact that based on everything that I was looking at, that I liked it. I liked Maya a bit more, which also I'm I'm still trying to figure out because his name is different in a couple. I've seen Brando Maya, and I I saw that too. Um, some kind of not. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one either. There's a couple names in this international class that you're just we're not certain of, honestly. So like. That could change, but Brandon, Breo, there's also uh, Brailer Guerrero and Brainer Guerrero, seen both. Uh, Starling Kaba, Jesus Kaba, like seen both of those. But anyway, while I, while I settled on Maya as the top guy for me, one, like, I really love the Yankees' development. And that, you know, you may think that's crazy because, like, so Jason, well, Jason is. It's ridiculous if we're even talking about him and saying like he's a failure because Jason has been really good. Like, not to talk about Jason, but anyway, when I look at Maya, like he just he looks physically advanced already. He's listed at 5'11, 175, but he certainly looks really advanced. Got a well rounded set of tools. They say that you know he's got a really advanced approach at the plate. His swing looks good. I, I really like the swing from what I've seen. It's the ball to all fields, according to scouts. And I want to make sure I preface that by saying that because I've literally watched no I, – I can't get any game film with these guys, but I can see BP and the swing. That's about it. So the scouts do say that he hits the ball to all fields, finds the sweet spot pretty consistently. And for his size, that he gets to good home run power – probably expect that to continue to kind of grow. I mean, we are talking about someone that just turned 17 in September, so still fairly young. 
good athlete, checks a lot of boxes for me. And I think that he's one that could really take off. So that's why I went with him at number one. Yeah, he's one of my favorites, too, and he's right in that second kind of cluster for me. In terms of my rankings, I have him fifth on this, but again, it's all personal preference with these guys, and I think there's a big club. There's no, like, standout one. I do have Felton and Celestin, who went to the Seattle Mariners, who would just add even more talents to that already pretty fun system. They keep training away guys and still have a really fun system year in, year out lately, so adding another fun name to that ranking. So uh, so overall here, looking at the, some of the top guys, so my, for F, for uh, international guys, I have Thelen and Celestin. I said shortstop Seattle from Dominican Republic uh, first and 20th overall in my FYPD. Next, I have Brayla Guerrero, outfielder from the Dominican Republic, 30th overall, went to Tampa Bay Rays. And thirty at thirty-two, I have Yoendri Vargas, shortstop, went to the Dodgers from the Dominican Republic. Obviously, great spot for him. And he's another guy that has a lot of projection there and, and potential for a lot more power. Uh, pretty uh, impactful, quick swing as well. I like like what I see from you know, f- what the little I have seen. Uh, I do like what I've seen from him. Uh, four is Sebastian Walcott for me, shortstop from the Bahamas. I went to the Texas Rangers, another really fun org right now. And then five is Brand- Brando, Brandon, whatever he his actual name is. Hopefully we'll find out that pretty soon. Uh, outfielder, like Chris alluded to, went to the Yankees from Cuba. And then just the next five, Emmanuel Bonilla, outfielder from the Dominican Republic, went to the Toronto Blue Jays. He is for, uh, 52 overall. Dernici Valdez, shortstop from the Dominican Republic, went to the Chicago Cubs, 58 overall. Uh, Ariel Castro, outfielder from Cuba, 71 overall, went to the Minnesota Twins. I forget how, if that's eight or nine, but I'll do two more. Uh, and I have then I have Luis Morales, who is a pitcher from Cuba, went to Oakland. Uh, so good landing spot for him. He's at 81 overall. And then Rainer Arias, outfielder from the Dominican Republic, went to the San Francisco Giants, although I don't love that landing spot as they've had a lot more success on the pitching side than the hitting side. A lot of their top hitting guys you know, like, you know, um, Helio Ramos and um, who's the other outfield project? I'm blanking on his name. Big OBP guy. Uh, Gunter Bishop. Bishop. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was looking at his face with the beard. I couldn't remember. I was blanking on the name. So I, I don't love the landing spot, but who knows? He's so far away. Um, but so those are some of the other names in my rankings. Oh, wait a minute. I, where did Ethan Salas go? He's got to be up there. I That's think what I, I was wondering. I skipped over him. Oh, there he is. So he is. Oh, he's right behind Dernici Valdez, 61 overall catcher. Um, went to the San Diego Padres. So that would make him make him my sixth or seventh guy. Uh, so he's right in the back end of that kind of tier two for me. So who are some of the top names you have on your list, Chris? Well, uh, Selston, I've got at 23, you know, right behind May. They're, I like both those guys. My next one was Ethan Salas at at 32. He's interesting. I think he's really unique. I think a lot of value will come from his glove and his arm. He's one that we actually have a bit more on him because he was actually in the States for a while. Um, he is the brother of, of Jose Salas. I say that name every different every time. I don't know why. but um, <laughs> So he's one that we have a little bit more info on. Very, very beautiful swing from the left side. I think there's a 
you know, it seems to be a good feel to hit. Uh, scouts kind of talk about his feel for the strikes on, but really I think his value is going to be better in real life than fantasy. But I still think that with that being said, that he could be a catcher that plays pretty regularly and he's only 16, which is just nuts that he doesn't even turn 17 until June. So weird to even think about how young he is in comparison to some of the others in the class. I know there's some other 16 year olds as well, but already at 16, he's 6'2, 185. So there's a, a really a lot to like here. And I think he could really take off too. So um, Salas is 32. I have Joe Entry Vargas fourth. He's at 36. I look at that one and say, like, this is a extremely projectable frame. It's oh, 6'4, absolutely, 175. Yeah. He's got a cannon for an arm already. There's talk about like kind of five tool potential here. It, that would be interesting, especially given his size. Like he's already one. He, I think he's one of the bigger players in the class. I think Ariel Castro is another one who's got a, a pretty good frame on him. But you know, with Vargas, like I'm intrigued by everything that I've seen with him from the body to the swing Same to here. just the the upside. So I think he's a kind of a sneaky one in FYPDs if it, you can get him. It actually crossed my mind to like just for a quick second to put him like up in that one two range. Like I think he, he he there's a chance he could be you know obviously lot can you know lots gonna happen here and these guys will move up and down rankings as they always do as we alluded to earlier. But he, there's a chance he just, he could end up being the best one from this international class. He's got that like I said the frame, the swing, the power projection, the athleticism. It's all there. Like when, when I mentioned that frame earlier, like the, the six four one eighty frame, he was exactly who I was talking about. Because he's yeah. got that predictable frame. Yeah, so he's one that I like a lot. Um, Emmanuel Bonilla is another one with that that bigger frame where he has some power projection. I think uh, you have Brainer, Brayler, Guerrero, pretty high. He's those guys all have the frames which I'm I'm looking for and the good athletes with those frames. So. Yeah, Vargas just kind of slotted in for me. I'm like, I really like this, and, and he yep. could well outperform this ranking. Sure. But then I dropped down a little bit after that, and I had Bonilla at 48. And I actually had Luis Morales at 53. So pretty okay. rare to go with a pitcher that high. But the difference with Morales is he's 20. And the so the difference in pitchers and hitters – is that we actually could like have good data on the pitchers because with hitters, like grading a hit tool is really hard. We can actually grade a pitcher based on, you know, velo. So he already has a fastball that's mid 90s, up to 97. He's got three breaking or two breaking pitches and a changeup. So you got the curve and a slider and a changeup. Said to really have good feel for the pitches. He's, He's got the upside that you kind of want to see in an arm. And who knows how Oakland will develop him. But when I looked here, I'm like, hmm, like this is intriguing when you've got a fastball like that already. And he's a little bit older. So it's not like we're going to be waiting that long on him as long as some of the other ones. You know, looking at 16 versus a 20 year old. And he's got a projectable frame. Like I think he can come over. He's 6'3, 190. I think he can get on a weight program and add. 15 pounds he's already added 10 pounds of muscles muscle mass in the last few months before the signing period so he's just a kind of a tall lanky dude with some concerns before about durability 
but I think there's room for him to have, add even more. So I landed on Morales as my, I guess that would be my fifth or sixth guy at 53. I'm not sure if you said this name, but I have a uh, Welbin France, Francisca from this time with Cleveland right behind him at 54 actually. So he's kind of interesting to me from the standpoint of like, he's just a burner with speed, like some yeah. projections, really good speed. He's smaller. That's that's a bit of the concern. He's five foot eight, one fifty. So the concern there is just you're looking at a you know, what kind of body does he end up with? And so I think he was kind of one of the more underrated ones a bit that I kind of looked at. But I think that it's possible that he could really kind of take a step forward. I'm actually finding conflicting reports because a baseball America says he's, he's five ten versus pipeline saying five eight. So if he is five ten, then, you know, that's obviously a bit better. He is 16. So, I mean, daggum, I ain't there, you know, telling how tall I was when I was 16. I hopefully got taller after 16, even though I'm not tall now, I think that it's still possible that he grows a bit. So like, he's kind of just one of those guys I think has some intriguing stuff very good athlete, and if he does grow a bit, then there is some room, I think, that he can add that power with some decent speed as well. So Francisca's one that I kind of landed on there. Luis Guanipa is one that, you know, he, I'm trying to take my Braves bias out of it completely, but they gave him a pretty good chunk of money, and they really liked what they saw in him. He is uh, kind of doesn't have the frame that I want to see. Uh, he's we talked about the bigger guys. He's 5'11", uh, 188. So he's a little bit more filled out already, actually, for for his age, his size. So 188 is pretty good on that frame. There's a chance that he certainly adds more. I mean, just turned 17 in December. So said to have very good instincts. I think the, the frame is strong for his size. And he seems to have grown because some of the written reports said he was 5'9". So I bet he's, he's added a couple inches in recently. There's an aggressive approach here, but said to have plus bat speed, which that's you know, something you can actually get a clock on if you got track man data down there, which all teams are doing now. Like teams are, some teams are like fully signing players on track man data. So that's interesting in itself. I think actually uh, Houston was one of the first ones that did that. Like Houston, like, legit went and signed like signed players strictly on data and had no scout see them. I, that's changed since, but that actually did happen. So that's kind of weird to note. But anyway, I, I'm I've talked for a while. If you have any other players you want to add, I'm going to go down my list a little further and talk about a couple more intriguing. If you have some to add, then, then go for it. Yeah. There's some other interesting names down here. And I like seeing all these names pop up from the Bahamas. That's really becoming a, uh, you know, not not a baseball hotbed, but you, you see a lot more names from the Bahamas pop up over the last uh, handful of years. Some other names further down my list. You know, Alfredo Duno, catcher from Venezuela, went to the Cincinnati Reds. You know, the bat doesn't stand out per se, but you know he's pretty good defensive catcher from the, from the reports, and that could carry him even if the bat isn't as good as some of the other names we mentioned on this list. But good home ballpark. Obviously, in the Cincinnati org, so he's one like super late kind of dart throw. We have a uh, speaking of Bahamas, uh, Janeiro Miller, pitcher outfielder, went to Miami. Uh, I think more so his probably going to be on the mound, and obviously getting him into that Miami organization that has developed pitchers so so well over the years was again just it's at least intriguing enough for me to you know kind of use like a late round 
FYPD dart throw there. And the, you know, the other one I wanted to bring up here was uh, Tony Ruiz, who, to my knowledge, has not quite signed yet. I haven't seen him sign anywhere. Um, I still got to dig into kind of why he hasn't signed yet, but uh, what's the team that was looking at him? Uh, I thought I thought I had, there was a team interest. I can't remember, but he's one where he's got that nice frame. He's a, kind of like a corner outfielder type of guy. 6'3", 175 is what he's listed at. And already has shown from what the, the little video I have a you know pretty good power stroke ability to lift the ball, a very strong guy with with that already and has projection for more. So again, just another kind of a late round dart throw type of guy. And another one I had late in my rankings was Camilo Diaz, short stuff in the Dominican Republic, already six three two oh eight. So he's already a pretty imposing force. So another fun one to to follow here moving forward. And then another one I once wanted to mention, obviously, I might already said his name, but another one that has like that really fun, projectable frame is Sebastian Walcott. He's listed at 6'4", 190, so um, with some pretty s- solid skills potentially here, a uh, power speed one with more power projection to come from the right side. So another one that I think could uh, you know, potentially, obviously, we don't know, but another one that has the a lot of the things I like to look for and a name from you know, a list like this that could potentially rise up rankings. Any other name you want to mention before we close it out? Yeah, Hendry Shavili, the sign with the Twins. A body, a 6'3", 165, so tall, lanky, room to fill out. You know, it's said to be very athletic. There's potential to really take off, I think, because, one, there's plenty of room to add muscle to this frame. And a lot of good instincts across the board, but there is one final name. I've hit a pitcher. I'm going to hit another pitcher because Jun Seok Shim is quite interesting from Korea. He signed with the Pirates. I know the Pirates haven't been the best with developing, so it's it's really tough to see, but but he's interesting. Shim is does a lot of things well for an 18-year-old. I mean, he's 6'4", 215 for one. He... He ba- so he pulled his name out of the KBO draft that he was going to be in and was a late addition to this international class, which is why he – I don't think he signed for that much money with the Pirates. And somebody asked me, well, why would he sign with the Pirates? And the reasoning, at least I think, is that these teams you know tie up their international bonus pool money two years in advance. If you don't think the Mariners had Selston signed – two years ago than you're crazy because they did. They probably even had (laughs) him signed. He was probably wearing Mariners gear when he was 11 or 12. But beside that, the Pirates actually had money available, so they were able to get Shim and give him some good dollars. I don't don't know exactly what he signed for. I'm sure it's out there. But anyway, the fastball is up at 100. He sits 96, like 12-6 curveball. He commands these pitches well. I mean, big, strong body. I mean – He's added a slider and a changeup. This is just one where I'm like, golly, like I am. I think I'm gonna draft him everywhere in FYPD. So I just don't think he's gonna get any love. And most people might not even have him on their FYPD list. I'm at 72, and that may even be low. Where do but, I? Have? I, I have, he's on my list somewhere. Let me see. I have him at. Nope. I'm at, I have him at 85. So yeah, yeah. Not, not not too far behind. You can get good value there. Yep. I mean, he's one that could really pop off. And 
it, it make you look silly if you didn't draft him. So he's one that I really want to highlight that I liked a lot. I highlighted two arms, and normally I'm against arms in the international class, but I think those two are interesting. I'm against the 16, 17-year-old arms because yeah. the, the whiff rate on those is like insanely high. Like I think of the last one that really came out that was one of the more highly regarded guys. You know, you know Nori Vera is still no, – he wasn't even – was he a 16-year-old signing? I can't remember. I think he was, or was he a little older? Maybe he was like 18. He may have been so. 18, yeah. Yeah, maybe he was a little bit older. But yeah, this, the whiff rate on those guys is, is so, so high. So I don't ever go after those guys. But yeah, if you know these guys that are like 19, 20, yeah, I, I could definitely see going after these guys. And yeah, these are two pretty, pretty fun names to target that probably won't go highly just because I think that stigma is out there that, you know, FYPD or international pitchers are just guys that get avoided for the most part. So definitely a couple of fun names here to round up the show but that will wrap us up a little bit of a shorter episode but we wanted to sneak this one in just with everything going on with all the signings recently we thought it'd be a fun little episode thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode we hope you enjoyed it you can follow us on twitter chris that roto clegg i'm eric cross 04 shows at Toolshed pod and of course check out all of our work over on my patreon and chris's Substack. and join us again next time but until then everyone take care fans. It's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion?